Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Sometimes it's the best thing to do to cut the tie and have a clean break knowing that if rates do come down again, like you can always refinance it down the road. But, you know, we use a kind of a a silly saying in the mortgage business, marry the house, date the rate, you know, so (laughs) you're really dead set that this is the house and that you're want to keep it in it, you know, just know like it might hurt for a little while, you know, knowing that your rate isn't going to be what what it was, but you're not stuck for, for life. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Kosky. Hello, friends. I'm so thankful that you're listening to this episode. If you are going through a divorce and contemplating whether or not you're going to be keeping the house and how that all works and whether you're going to have to refinance, you are listening to the right podcast. I have a certified divorce mortgage professional, Tammy Wallensack, and she has so much information that's going to help you make the right decision. And she's a free resource in the future. So stay tuned. It's a really good one. Welcome listeners. I'm so thankful today. It's been long overdue to have a mortgage specialist on. And today we have the lovely Tammy Wallensack. Did I say that right, Tammy? Perfect. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited to have Tammy here today because I know a lot of my listeners and a lot of people that I work with When they're going through a divorce, there's always the question of the home. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Can you keep your home? What are some of your options? Tammy's going to go into all those details because you are a certified divorce lending professional. And we're going to talk more about that too as we go on and why that's important, which is something I'm just learning more about, which is a little bit embarrassing because I've been doing this for so long, but I'm always a woman learning. So that's good. But Tammy, I always like to start with your authentic story as to what led you down this path to help people through mortgages during divorce. There's always a story, right? right? (laughs) Thank you so much, first of all, Lisa, for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. And yes, there is always a story. And I have my own personal story of divorce. And when I went through my divorce and I'm in the mortgage business and I have been for, you know, I hate to say it out loud, but 30 years. And I really didn't understand kind of what I was signing up for. I had a marital home and, you know, that took two of us to support that home financially. We qualified with two of us to buy that home. And now all of a sudden I'm like going to hold firm that I want to keep that house because I 
wanted to keep my children in it, right? For that reason and probably that reason alone. And then once I did that and I signed my settlement agreement, I had this giant mortgage payment and all this other stuff that went along with it. Now this person's gone and they no longer are doing the snow removal and the landscaping and all the things. So I had to hire people to do all this stuff. And it was really extremely stressful and taxing on my budget that I didn't really take into consideration. (laughs) Kind of what I'm hearing is even though you were a mortgage professional, you felt kind of unprepared Completely unprepared. I really didn't take into consideration what I was signing up for. And then I ended up having to sell the home, right? And then all, you know, a lot of the costs of the sale and everything that were involved with that. And so as I really kind of unpacked this, and then I don't know how the universe kind of works, right? And then all of a sudden, I was getting all these clients that were coming to me through their divorces with settlement agreements saying, Hey, guess what? I get to keep the house. And I'm like, Hey, guess what? You don't qualify. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's a terrible conversation to have. Actually, it's really not fun. A lot of tears, you know, a lot of what, you know, why did my attorney know? And, you know, Tammy, it even sounds like you qualified. Yeah. And yet still you ended up selling. I just, I can't help but ask because we want to learn from what you learned. Yeah. What would you have done different when you were, would you have? It was just way too much house. It was way too much maintenance. It was just an overwhelming amount of liability, right? And I was in a different place in my life and doing different things. And I just didn't have the financial ability to take on such a huge mortgage payment and still keep my kids in the lifestyle that they yeah. were accustomed to, right? They were in travel sports and, oh, and there's all these things that I still had to pay for. So um, expensive. And I think I love that you brought up kids because I think so many of my clients and probably listeners want to keep the house yeah. because they think this is so important for my kids. It's so important for my kids that they stay in their home. Yes, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But if it's not something that you're going to be able to afford and, you know, you want to keep them doing the things that they love to do, it's something to consider. So I need to ask you, so when I work with clients, I have them do their budget now yeah, and then their future budget and what they think it's going to look like. And we look at their income and if they're getting any spousal maintenance, any child support to kind of help them prepare so they don't get into that boat in the future? Do you have other tips that can That is a huge advantage that you help your clients with. I don't think people really think about that. They're such in a big rush to get to the settlement agreement and sign a piece of paper so that they can say that they're divorced, that they don't think of what their future holds for them and what that looks like. And that is a big piece of the puzzle and taking into consideration all the things, not just the month to month bills, but all the other things that are going to come into play with your lifestyle. What do you want your lifestyle to be? You know, do you want to continue to go out to eat? Do you want to continue to have your kids in sports? You know, and when I sold the marital home and downsized quite significantly, 
and could actually clean the house now because now I had gotten rid of my housekeeper (laughs) and, you know, the things that I had, the luxuries that I had as a married couple. And now I downsize and I have a smaller home and I'm able to clean that house all by myself. I was so like, that was so exciting to me. Right. (laughs) And I went out and I bought myself a really flowery comforter for my bed. I don't know, you know, just small things that made me happy. But really at the end of the day, since I was happy, it trickled down to my children. I really believe that, that my kids felt less, didn't feel the stress and the pressure and that they felt the love. And I made sure that their spaces in this new home were good for them, that they had some space to themselves, even though they shared a room at the time. You know, I had two little boys, so mm-hmm. they shared a bedroom. And then I was able to buy another smaller house. As So it was kind of a couple steps, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like all at once it happened. And then it worked out best for everybody. So. Yeah. I mean, that that is such great information. I can't help but ask. I, and I feel like I should, I'm thinking I should prepare a list for my clients of all the things they need to think of. Like yeah, you yeah. had mentioned the snow plowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Association like, fees. Well, what about like your furnace and your air conditioner maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. like the seasonal stuff that happens, like yeah. cleaning out your gutters cleaning your windows, just stuff that you don't even think about because perhaps your spouse took care of that stuff. They either did it themselves or they hired somebody to do it and you weren't involved. So you don't really think about that stuff, but that's all part of being a homeowner. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just let your yard grow up, you know, the weeds grow and all your grass grow, you know, you have to either hire somebody to do it or you have to figure out how to get a lawnmower and do it yourself. Yep. So yeah, that's all very thoughtful advice. And I feel like I am going to throw something together and put it as a resource because I don't want my clients to not think of that. But now I also don't want to be a poo-pooing if there is someone and they are going to keep the house. Yeah. And say maybe they are like an at-home parent. Maybe they haven't worked. Can they still qualify to keep their home? Yeah, that's a big question that I get all the time because there is sometimes a parent that is fortunate enough to be able to raise the children and be at home. And sometimes they are going to be receiving support, right? Because they haven't been out in the workforce. So if they have alimony or no maintenance, we call it here in Illinois or child support, you can utilize that, those things as income streams, but there's certain guidelines around that that need to be met in order for me to use it in the mortgage world. And we call that the 636 rule. It's kind of a easy way to remember it. It has to be received from your ex-spouse for six months and has to at least have a three-year continuance, meaning you're going to have to receive it on your settlement agreement for at least three years in order for me to count it as an income stream. Well, you know, what happens if for some reason, you know, it, let's talk about child support. Let's say you have a 16-year-old child and you're only going to be receiving it till they're 18. I can't use that as an income stream. You're only going to be receiving it for two years. And by the time you have six months behind you, then you really only have 18 months left of it, right? Now I can start utilizing and starting the time clock if there's 
that's called a temporary order or an order in place. Sometimes if one of the spouses is outside of the home and they're paying the other spouse just to, you know, keep the bills paid and all that kind of stuff, there's an order. I can use that to start the timeline, that six-month timeline to start Mm -hmm. the process. But there's specifics around that too. It has to be paid as ordered. Your spouse can't just pay all the bills. That can't count. It, you know, spouse A has to pay spouse B as ordered in separate bank accounts. Okay. And then the person responsible pays for the actual home. Right. Right. So it can happen. It can work. But in those cases too, you have to have such a good understanding of what to expect for expenses in the future. So it's not that it's not doable. It's just know what you've got coming. Yeah. There's just timelines and some rules that you need to understand. I mean, I've looked at drafts of settlement agreements and said, hey, look, this person is going to be receiving this maintenance for nine years if there's any way we can squeeze it into maybe seven years and they just get a little bit more money, then perhaps that'll help them qualify to keep the home and buy out the ex-spouse, right? So everybody's kind of winning. The ex-spouse is getting their money. The other spouse is able to keep the house, but it we structured it in a way that makes sense for everybody. Tammy, I mean, you just sold me there on why (laughs) I need to call you because that can change. You know, I work with both parties and that can change an agreement for the better. That's using you can be a more creative way to come up with some options that are going to work. Yeah. So do people normally call you at the beginning? Yeah. Okay. If there's a marital home involved at all and you're trying to come up with options or solutions, the best thing to do is just to call me. I mean, let me tell you this, Lisa. I am a mortgage lender, and under the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, I cannot charge anything for my services. It's complimentary to call me. I give all the information up front. The reason that is, is because under the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, if I charge a uh, marital status as a protected class, if I charged a a divorcing client for all this information, and then the next day I had a first-time home buyer come to me, and I have to crunch numbers for them, and I don't charge them, it could be considered disparate treatment. So I don't charge anything for my services. If there happens to be a transaction at the end of the day and you happen to need a refinance or you happen to need to want to purchase a new home, then I just hope to be considered for that. But I really work a lot with a lot of divorce teams because it makes better sense to come up with all your options and solutions. Yeah. What a great resource that you are. That's so good for me to know for the future. I have another question that has been popping up because interest rates are changing. Yes. And so, you know, always in the past, it wasn't such a big deal. It was always, okay, you're keeping the home. You need to make sure you can refinance it in your your name alone. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, talk to the assumptions department. Don't just talk to anyone and see if you can assume the mortgage Mm -hmm. so that you can keep that awesome interest rate. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good advice. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of mortgages that are actually assumable. 
typically they have to be in a couple of different categories. They have to be an FHA, a VA, or a USDA loan originally. And then there's some language that's within the note of the liability that says this is could, could be considered assumable. Now, does the lender jump through hoops to try to allow you to assume it? Probably not. Guess what? They can get you to refinance and market rates. And now, you know, it's it's really in not in their best interest to do that. So do, are they going to make it hard for you? Is it going to process going to be kind of arduous and long and drawn out, perhaps, you might miss some of the order deadlines in order to do that, If even if they say, so I would proceed with caution when that happens. I would assume that you, you know, are going to have to refinance at current market and look at what those options are in order to make a better informed decision. And then if for some reason, like you said, they do say, get it in writing, get something from them saying, yes, you can assume yeah. this mortgage um, and, and then go that way. Or, you know, if you're not on the mortgage at all, it's, let's say you're leaving the home and you're not, or, or you're not on the mortgage, right. maybe the other person can just quit claim you off title. Now, if you quit claim you off title, that's going to be a title change and it's going to be triggered. The mortgage lender is going to get notification that that happened, but you can just present. I have some, a letter, like a template letter that you can let the mortgage lender know that there's going to be a change in title due to a divorce. So you can send me your divorce decree and a letter, just letting them know what happened. Okay. I have had that happen. Yeah. And I think you kind of already answered my question is, so you can't really keep that rate if you have to refinance. It's kind of like you got to Suck it up and part of the cost, right? Now you're not stuck with a mortgage forever, right? I I mean, sometimes it's the best thing to do to cut the tie and be have a clean break, knowing that if rates do come down again, like you can always refinance it down the road. But you know, we use a kind of a, a silly saying in the mortgage business marry the house, date the rate, you know. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like it. I'm trying (laughs) worth situation. You're really dead set that this is the house and that you're wanna keep yep. you wanna keep it in it, you know. There's no reason why you, then just know like it might hurt for a little while, you know, knowing that your rate isn't gonna be what it what it was, but you're not stuck for for life. Right. A- Amen. And I've done that myself. I've taken on, you know, a new mortgage to lower to get a great rate. So yeah. yes, that is so helpful to let clients know that. Okay, I have one more question. You've answered so many and you've kind of you've shown us your value through the whole <laughs> podcast. But I just want to know so for my listeners, for myself, if you are a certified divorce lending professional, mm-hmm. how is that different? than just a regular old mortgage person? That's a really great question. And when I always get asked, so I'm basically like a mortgage lender that's trained and educated in the process of divorce. So I understand the divorce process and I can be of value during the negotiations or the mediation process. And I happen to be able to do a mortgage, just like you wouldn't go to try to get a divorce through a bankruptcy 
or a criminal attorney, you want a family law attorney because they understand family law and the process of divorce. Same thing applies here. You know, I'm a mortgage lender that understands the process of divorce. Yeah, so good. And, you know, I've, I have learned so much. I see the light. I will <laughs> never send a client just back to their lender again. Oh, good. Yeah. No. So you'll be getting calls. Well, we <laughs> yes, I can lend. I can lend in uh, 46 of the 50 states. Wow. So it's easier for me to tell you the states I cannot lend in, but does not mean I cannot help. I still talk to people if need be, and still kind of guide them. And I have colleagues that I can refer to, but I cannot lend in New York, Alabama, Alaska, or Hawaii. Okay. Well, those are not states that I work with. (laughs) We're good, right? We're good. So no, that is honest to goodness. I'm so thankful that you took the time and I'm so thankful for the information that you shared and it is going to help people. And it does make the divorce process, I think, less scary. The more information you have, the more resources, the more people you have on your team, the better. And you're a free resource that's been out there that I haven't utilized. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. And whenever I help guide people in the right direction, even if it means like, look, You know, you might want to sell the marital home and rent for a little while. Sometimes we give that information too, and that's okay, you know, and sometimes having the best information up front helps to make for a more successful divorce, right? That you can actually carry out all the things that you've agreed to. And that's really what's important. Yeah, I think it's truly important to talk about right at the beginning, just like your kids and what you're going to do with them. I mean, your house and what you're going to do, if that's on the table, I think it's something that we're going to start addressing real early. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. I can't believe the time has gone so fast. But I've heard the day because there was so much information. But as you know, I'm in my barn and I got some horses and saddles back there. So I call this the saddle up segment. It's the last piece of our episode where my guest usually just shares one little piece of information or something to help people through life or a divorce, something that they can do right now. 
I love that so much. And I always tell my clients, just stop and breathe, gather the information. Don't be in a rush. This is the rest of your life we're talking about. This is the next chapter of your life. So make sure you gather all the information, surround yourself with professionals, and that'll help you get through it. Yeah, that's so good. And Tammy, how do people get a hold of you if they need some information on their house and divorce? So of course, my name is difficult to try to remember. So I came up with a URL that's takeorleavethehouse.com. Good. (laughs) Takeorleavethehouse.com. My calendar is on there. Feel free to drop on my calendar, schedule a time that's convenient for you. All my social media is on there. You can read about me and see pictures of my kids. (laughs) Awesome. And we'll have all that information in the show notes too to help our clients. So Tammy, thank you again so much. You will, you you are a new friend and you will be hearing from me (laughs) for sure. So we really appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Take good care. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey friends, you may have heard me mention my swan analogy how mediation is a lot like a swan gliding on a lake, not necessarily happy, not necessarily sad, but content, calm, and peaceful. I especially want this for my parents. And in custody cases involving alcohol, it can be very difficult to find peace of mind if you're fearful your child's safety is in jeopardy. Soberlink helps ease these concerns and improve child safety which is why I recommend it to all my clients who raise concerns over a co-parent's alcohol misuse. Soberlink has remote alcohol monitoring technology, allowing parents to receive real-time alerts multiple times a day, ensuring the child is with a sober parent. Similar to mediation, Soberlink is time and cost-effective and worth every penny knowing your child is safe. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com different. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.